Welcome to episode 65 of Movies in 4K. I am Bill Shetty. I'm Lady Phantom. And we're going to get right into the fun fact before this episode. Take it away, Phantom. One of the actresses in this movie, Leela George, is making her debut in this movie, and she is Vincent D'Onofrio's daughter. Really? Yeah. Wow, the guy from one of my favorite underground horror movies don't go in the woods yeah and one if not the best villain in a marvel studios thing well marvel tv which was the kingpin in daredevil how about the men in black guy oh cockroach edgar suit there you go no, he he's amazing and he can do no wrong that man let's get it rolling We got some triumphant music there. This is 2018's Mortal Engines. Rated PG-13, runs for two hours and eight minutes, and is listed in five genres. Action, adventure, fantasy, sci-fi, and thriller. I don't know about thriller. The yeah, rest are let's fine. drop thrill. We can drop thrill. Okay. I mean, it's an action fantasy sci-fi adventure. <laughs> <laughs> but thriller. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. We're going to deduct that one off there. Okay. This is directed by who, Lady Phantom? Christian Rivers. And for once, I know who this is. Yeah, because you probably researched <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah. And from now on, I'm going to try to because I feel very dumb every time I say, I don't know. Well, Christian Rivers, this is his first film, but he was part of Peter Jackson's team in the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit movies. He was a storyboard artist and special effects designer. Well, I think actual Peter Jackson wrote the screenplay for this, didn't he? One of the writers, actually the, the, the same people that wrote the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit are here. But Peter Jackson, Philippa Boyens, and um, Fran Walsh. Oh, so you found this out after watching it? No, a little before. But then when the titles came on, I saw and I was like, well, yeah. But so I, then I had you already were excited seen it. then. Yeah. I mean, I had already seen it because while we were watching the movie, I couldn't help myself. <laughs> All right. Who's some of these unknown stars to me, Lady Phantom? Yeah. Hera Hilmar, Robert Sheehan. Hugo Weaving is the only one, well, one of the two people that i really knew the other one being steven lang who plays the machine guy voice the voice well he plays him too it's motion capture yeah wow i mean he plays him know that though while watching this movie but he plays him true and leela george is vincent donofrio's daughter she plays kate valentine all right lady phantom what does that short summary say In a post-apocalyptic world where cities ride on wheels and consume each other to survive, two people meet in London and try to stop a conspiracy. For a short sentence, that works pretty well because this movie opens up 
and you see major cities on wheels just like is denoted in the summary there and i'm gonna liken it to tanks they got the tanks on the city these big cities london on the tank right and they're taking over littler factions of cities here to gain weaponry and fuel and resources we're going to jump up a little just to explain the story here more because you don't find out until later on in the film this takes place approximately i'm just going to say a thousand years in the future yeah 3019 i think and another (laughs) post-apocalyptic movie that's so common these days and there's factions there's the power hungry more rich factions and then there's the lower class starving factions trying to find things just to survive and on their own but i will say it was different that this major city london that travels through land. They're just traveling all over in this movie. In the opening Phantom, I would say they weren't like super dominant. Like they took care of their people. They welcomed in people from London, gave them food, helped them out, gave them a job. You mean people from the town that they overtook, not from London? Yes. I mean, it's not straight up villains, I would say here. Yes, they're gaining resources to survive to feed their people, too. It's what would happen in nature. I mean, this would happen. I really believe something like this would happen. Yeah, I think here the the thing is that they are in a, like the the overarching theme, maybe. It's the war with the other faction that it doesn't live on wheels. And they are in a war against them Uh on the air and and beyond the wall. On right. the like on Which the ground, has a lot of denotion today. Too. Yeah, <laughs> that is kind of okay on the face, but anyway. So um, we have this, but they're not killing people per se. Once they take over another tiny little city that's on wheels, they bring them in, take the resources, but they do feed these people that are starving, give them jobs, help them out. There's no weaponry allowed on these vehicles, so it's way more safe than out being on your own and things like that. Like to get rid of looters and criminals and thieves because that comes into play here later on also. Yeah. But you focus on this lead girl, Hera Hilmer, which is one of my faults of this movie, actually. She is going after Hugo Weaving which is not the commander of London. He's like one step below. She's going and trying to attack this guy, and she says it in it. It's not a spoiler right up front that this guy killed her mother, and she's out for revenge, pure and simple. Yeah. Now, Hugo Weaving did take something off his mother that she don't know. That comes into play here we move along this story we see the people being captive and we learn a little bit about the city and stuff like that but we meet another character right around here who works in london and he's a historian yeah (laughs) and 
I think both the Phantom and I, we were chuckling in this spot. It's not funny chuckling, just very unique how they portrayed past civilizations. Like they called the civilization we're in now the screen civilization. Yeah, and indeed. he had mm-hmm. some broken tablets and phones and well, things th- that like was that. The, the screen period, but like right. they, they called people like us, like from our time, the elders. Agents. And they said that our food is indestructible. She was eating a Twinkie. Right. Well, that's way <laughs> up in the story here. We were focusing on this guy, what he was doing. For mm-hmm. him, and you're jumping ahead here. But yeah, there's things spewn out this movie like that, that denotes our time and even before our time mm-hmm. here. But there's been several generations up through history here yeah. to them. And they denote certain factions, like I'll just say it now, there's a resurrection of dead faction where it's robotic land, mm-hmm. more Terminator-esque type stuff. Yeah, where they actually kind of resurrect the dead and make them machines. Correct. With intelligence. Uh Uh-huh. But they're not human in any stretch of the word. Yeah, not anymore. Mm -hmm. So you have that. And there's other things here. Because this woman attacked one of the leaders there, everybody's after her. And I'll just say it briefly here. She gets thrown down a shaft or a tunnel or something and is swept away into the wasteland, desert, mountainous, nowhere land. Yeah, could it have been like the trash disposal? Of could the, be. Yeah. It, it, and you felt that when you were shuffled down this wasteland that you're basically dead. So there is a way to survive because also this historian gets shoved down this area. Yeah. This is when the story starts progressing here, Lady Phantom. And they come across other factions living out in nowhere land and things. They start describing the story more and who this girl is. And the historian's always sticking up for London. And he is weary of a lot of things she is saying. He starts to gain more insight into the methodical nature of the Hugo Weaving character, who is just out for world dominance. (laughs) Yeah. That happens in all these movies. Yeah. Like, there's always the one that, that wants to control everything and take over the world, and, and this is Hugo Weaving in this movie. Right. Hugo Weaving finds out who this girl is, and there's another key technology officer here. And before I get into that, Lady Phantom, I really like the dichotomy in this movie because it's so far advanced in the future But they're going back and using steam, coal, tanks, old equipment, while being more advanced than us at times, too. Yeah. So there's a weird mixture here that I appreciated. Yeah, that is true. And they regard a lot of technology that they called old technology as very powerful. Right. They're actually seeking it. Yeah, 
Well, the bad guys are. Yeah. And another thing that happens in this movie and that it kind of, I don't know if surprises me is the right word, but I have also seen in other movies that in futuristic post-apocalyptic societies, people dress very much like in the 18th century or something, some of them. And I think it's a funny dichotomy there. Well, it's... Some of them, not all of them yeah, in this movie. It played exactly like you'd think. The lower class ones on their own, they're more dirty and scummy looking and, yeah. you know, don't have water and stuff like that. And then the ones that have the power, you know, have more things. Yeah, and some of them are dressed kind of futuristically and some of them are like dressed very conservatively, which I thought was very interesting, The how there was not a specific kind of person. Like you, there were some people that could be right out of the Capitol in the Hunger Games and some people that could come right out of Sherlock Holmes. Like it was funny. Right, okay, moving up in the story, when Hugo Weaving's character finds out about who this girl is and he remembers... His technology officer lets him know that one of these resurrection of the dead that they captured wants to kill this girl too. And he unleashes this robot to go after her because there's a plot here that we can't touch on. Mm -hmm. And that's Stephen Lang. And I right. wish I had known from the start. Why did it matter you knew from the start? I don't know. I just like knowing. And actually, there's a little photograph that is shown twice in the movie, but only once uh, a picture of a young man. And that is actually Stephen Lang when he was like 20 something. Okay, so we're following like three different arcs here. And then there comes a point. <laughs> this was very interesting. When these two, the lead characters, the girl and the kid historian, get captured And then they're being sold uh -huh, like slaves. Yeah. And this is the part where we meet this Asian girl who comes to save the day. I did not like this girl's acting. Just going to say it. They tried to depict her as badass. I didn't buy her. I don't think she was up to par to pull that off. I mean, she didn't take me out of the film either. Because even when she comes on stage the first time, she's wearing these slick shades and the short hair, and she's got modern clothes, uh -huh. like futuristic clothes, and it appeared it's somebody you don't want to mess with. Well, she saves the day, and then this is when also the robot actually is on the loose hunting the girl. I didn't feel any way specifically for this girl, but I thought her personality was not the right one. No. Like, she didn't really command respect or anything, but she was kind of distracting in a way. Yeah, she was way off. I think the casting was Yeah, that off. was a little bit too off. <laughs> yes, so she takes the two to her... <laughs> Ship? Yeah, ship. Good word. Yeah. And this is when you see they're living up in the air in this one land here. Uh-huh. And they do have flying contraptions. I wouldn't call them planes per se because they look 
like sort of plainish, but then sort of like kite-ish. And then like their land where they're living is almost like a big balloon. Yeah, like a Zeppelin-esque thing yeah. in a way. Mm-hmm. It looked neat. I yeah. mean, I'll say that. Yeah, I did. And you start learning more here because it's a war of the worlds, basically. They're trying to stop London from taking over everything and you know yeah because if they because if hugo weaving gets his way all the other people that live in all the other places are gonna perish because he doesn't only want to dominate he wants to just wipe out everything that is against him and I will say, I think it was a little heavy-handed, Lady Phantom. I don't know if you're going to agree. But this land she's from, the leader is an Asian guy and a Muslim woman, I would say. I don't th- I thought I thought she um, looked Hindi. I, okay. But I thought it was very heavy-handed in how they portrayed how great this land was and they were the best. It just felt like too, I don't know, some political stuff. I don't know what it is, I just think what I felt, Phantom. But all them people were like just so reveled in goodness and they're trying to stop the evil all over the world and they can do no wrong. I, now, they do come to make a choice that the kid don't want to make because they want to stop London from taking over and the London kid's like, no, you cannot destroy. There's a lot of good people in London. Innocent people. Yes. Not good, but innocent people. But they make the choice to take the fight to them. So they know people are going to lose their lives in this. I really don't know where you get the, oh my God, these people are the best of the best of the best. No, I mean, I just thought that being them like, depicted as buddhists and hindu people they are pacifists that's it like they like to live in peace with each other and with nature and i find absolutely nothing wrong with that or saying oh they depict themselves as the best of the best no i i didn't get that at all what i will say is there's really only one bad person in this without giving too much away like, these people that live in London are not bad people. No, they just happen now, to live there. Now, they do chant and love the conflict when they're taking over a civilization. Yes. It's almost like a sport, like a game. And that reminded me of the Hunger Games. This movie oh, reminded really? me a lot of things, <laughs> really. But then again... Would it be? Uh, I don't think it's far fetched or well, anything I got a like movie that. This reminded me of what you haven't named Waterworld. Oh, well, I w- wouldn't remember that, but anyway, I mean, the thing is that I think in any conflict, the people of the nations, you know, if the others are getting vanquished, they would cheer, but. I I find it disturbing anyway in a but it's way. in every part of history really it is it so is. they're living futuristic and actually like the commander they don't really say the names in this the guy that's over Hugo Weaving that actually is the main leader like the president or he something don't 
want chaos and he don't want to take over all the lands but then again he does like he is looking for resources for his people but he don't want world domination let's put it that way yeah i mean it's just like a repeating theme in human history and human nature and and that's the way humans are so yeah right. All right, I think we tackled the story enough because there is several twists and turns in this film. And yeah. uh, I'm just going to say it here, I'm going to be recommending this film. So I don't want to give too much away. Like the least you know about this movie, the better, I think. And we personally didn't know anything about this movie. Yeah. So that is a good thing a lot of times. All right, let's dive into some technicals here, Lady Phantom. A lot to talk about live action with cgi tons tons of green screening going on here tons of creatures tons of flying things tons of cities moving across landscapes what's your impression tons of creatures well what i call creatures but we'll keep it off air <laughs> the effects are really good all over this movie like you can tell that Peter Jackson is behind everything because it's really good. I noticed approximately Lady Phantom three scenes that stuck out to me. Uh -huh. Outside of that, mm -hmm. it's flawless. Which which scenes can you say anything? A couple of them were inconsequential scenes. It's just when people were standing over a mountaintop. And no clouds or nothing was moving. You could see it was a static background. Scenes like that. I did and notice one that looked like a mat. Yes. And mountains. Yes, there was another one there. And also some of the robot scenes. That's the only time. And it's not all the time. Like when it was close up or nearer, it looked better. When, But when it was at a distance... It looked a little cartoony, and, and I was a little disappointed. And with jumping some of that. or something. Yes. Yeah, you know what? I was. Yes, I. I think you are right. Like most of that robot looked fine to me, but yeah, I think I know the scene you're talking about. Like uh, in a part of the movie, the the robot it was is jumping on, like on a, a ship or something on a on a bridge. Yes. And it did look on like a, a little bit string bridge. Yeah, and it does look a little bit cartoony, but that was pretty much the only time and uh, you know what i was thinking about the mountains and one thing i do know is that they filmed this in new zealand mm -hmm. so i am sure there's a lot of real footage of new zealand oh yeah definitely. and new zealand has the most beautiful landscape so it could be real yes and they have a lot of trenches and everything in this and yes. you know these tank cities they're going over land and mountains and everything. So it's a really monstrous movie, let's put it. It's very vast. There's a lot of cinematography here and digital effects mixed in. Yes. And like I said, 97% of it is flawless. Yeah. You know, this is just what I picked out. Here's a gripe with this movie. I didn't dislike the lead girl, Hera Hilmer. Uh-huh. I thought she was fine, but this, in my opinion, is a reason this movie's a flop because they didn't get the big names. This movie was a flop. This cost over a hundred million to make and never made its money back worldwide, 
And it's because it don't have the draw. She wasn't a bad actress at all. I felt for her at times she brought emotion to me. Like, I felt sorry for her mother. She has a scar during this whole movie. That makeup was great. I would never know yeah. that she didn't have these scars. Yeah, fantastic. And you feel for her. And she's very revengeful. And she's a good person. And she actually has a relationship with this robot that I thought was a very touching scene in this. Yeah, without spoiling anything, right. but yeah, it's beautiful. But you don't gravitate to her. She's not Johansson or these big leading women actresses or Gal Gadot. Or she just didn't command watching her, and she just wasn't a big name. Not to say her acting was bad. Well, but if they would have had somebody with star power phantom this movie would have been a 500 million dollar movie in my opinion maybe now i was thinking about that because i was thinking i mean i was equating this to the lord of the rings because that was the first big trilogy that peter jackson did and i was thinking the point with the lord of the rings is that in itself it was already a super famous and super beloved work of literature. And at the time, yes, some of the people that participated in the movie were very well known. Some of them. Some others, most of them, were complete unknown people. So, I don't know. I think this goes to the work itself, to the book itself. Yeah, I had heard of the Mortal Engines books at some point in my life, but I don't think it attracted as many people to actually watch the adaptation in the movies. And if you add to that, that as you said, there were two known people, one of them only that you could actually see, that is not a yeah, very good he, recipe. I wouldn't even call him well-known. No, yeah, that, that is true. <laughs> like uh, that He is extremely solid as an actor, but yeah, he's not very well-known. And Hugo Weaving, well, yeah, I mean, he has been in many things, very, like, important franchises and everything, but he's still not Chris Evans or Chris Hemsworth. Yeah, they should have come with a little better, pe better yes, known and, people. And not only her acting, but she lived, let's say, you know, by herself for many years and had to be street smart, so to say, in this world. And she just didn't pull off that character. She didn't seem like a fighter. There's some fighting scenes with her in this. Not many, thankfully, because I might have been criticizing it more. But she's no Kate Beckinsale. I mean, she just didn't command that level. And I don't care if she was known or not. Really, I personally think if they had had a big name, this would have blew up this movie and been a huge success. But even if it wasn't, what she had to do, I didn't buy. Like, it, it, she was, like, almost timid in a lot of roles to me. And it just didn't suit her character. So, I don't think she did that good. I didn't mind her, though. Now, on to Hugo Weaving. This guy is great. I, mean. I know. He is always fantastic. He has such an intense presence and look to him. And he always pulls off whatever he does. 
And in this movie, you can see him playing nice and playing evil, and you buy both. Yeah, he's just got a look. <laughs> you know, this look about him that he means business. Like, he's got a very tall and square face and funnily enough he has a full beard in this but not for one second would you not know this guy hugo weaving is great now would you have liked his niece in the leading role samara weaving no because and i'm not saying she couldn't pull it off but i mean she's more (laughs) not as serious of an actor in the stuff i've seen her in so i don't know if she could go there doesn't she deserve a chance I think when you're spending hundreds of millions of dollars, no. Well, they I gave a you, chance to these people. Yeah, well, they only probably didn't even make a million dollars, this girl. I'd be shocked <laughs> if she did. Well, yeah. And maybe that's where they saved money. But I think it's a big fault here, Lady Phantom. And that's your main characters here. <laughs> I mean, it all revolves around them. There's some side characters here and there. And stuff now, the like guy that. I really liked, he was very sweet. Yeah, he was sweet. I mean, he pulled his <laughs> he part. Was okay. I mean, he was he was supposed to be a nerd, you know, a historian, a cool guy, and everything. But I I thought he pulled off his part. Yeah, he did. But it's very lackluster. I would say everybody except Hugo Weaving. Like nobody stood out as like commands that attention. Like I'm so involved in this, and and I think that's a fault with a film like this. Yeah. But, Let's true. move on to here. Sound? Oh, yeah. Well, I'll want to cover more of that in the 4K, and I'll just leave it. The sound is incredible in this film all the way around every second of this movie. Okay. So I guess that's it. All right. Let's go to the rating and recommendation. You first. I'm always going first. <laughs> I think this is a solid movie that... For some reason, not for some reason, but yeah, it should have been better. It should have been better received also. I think it all, I mean, unfortunately, I'm sorry, but I think it all goes to the source material. Not very well known. And honestly, not that great. If, I mean, I'm just going by the movie because I haven't read the books. But I'm going to say this movie is a very solid (laughs) 7.5. That's exactly what I have. Yeah, 7.5. It is a movie that I recommend you buy. Yeah. Because it is good and it's solid. Yeah. I don't think I need to describe anything more. I criticize what needed to be criticized here. But it was a fun movie. It was enjoyable. It was engaging. Very engaging. There's no downtime. No boring scenes in this. They don't linger with dialogue here. There's something progressing at all times here while you're learning about this. And there's always something to look at also. Absolutely. So let's get to the good stuff. The reason you're here, if that 4K disc is worth it. Okay, Lady Phantom, start it up. 4K quality. I can just say that Watching this movie, I can only imagine what the Lord of the Rings looks like in 4K. It is incredible. I'd agree. You get the whole thing. All the colors, all the clear images, close-ups, a few, but very good. And you can see everything. 
a bunch of textures. I mean, HDR, all the HDR, all the specular highlights, all the black blacks. Oh, my goodness. This movie is fantastic. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be a long 4K review because every adjective to describe what 4K can do is all throughout this film from start to finish. Yes. There is so many bright, vivid scenes and then the dark contrasting scenes where you get all the great shadows and the velvety blacks and the detail in the dark scenes. And like Phantom said, this one really in particular, you notice a lot more texture because of these tank things moving so you're seeing all the gears and you know all these old instruments that are from our time like the phones and <laughs> the technology like it was so neatly done i would say because this kid puts away a room of all this technology and you see all these things there and one scene i would like to mention I don't know why, because it just came up, is they're so satisfied by getting a sunbeam toaster. I know, because it's the best. Yes. It's even better than all the other ones at the museum. And it's just a, an old sunbeam toaster. Right. So maybe that'll give you something more about what this story is, you know, where technology is done. You know, they're living with steam power now again. But, and they're happy to get a toaster so they can make bread and it pops up at the right time and it's crusty. Yeah, and the guy is crushed because it's missing the knob. Right. Because also, I mean, these things go into the museum. Right. I mean, it's not, it's not yes. really that they are going to use it, but right. it's like a good addition to the museum. Right, and that's what we're trying to allude to with the texture. There's so much of that, so much of... Even in the skin tones, Phantom, like with yeah. her scars, you see every little pockmark and stuff in her face. And Yes, and then you can see like scenes, for example, where, where they are in the air or something and someone is being rescued in a ship or something. You can see the metal in that ship. You can see the chips in the paint. You can almost feel them. Yes, and a lot of overheads here, super a lot of wide angles because they have to to portray these monstrous cities on these tank-like structures. Yeah. And it all worked. Like nothing with it being so clear and detailed and vibrant with all the shades you could imagine of colors, it never looked fake except, like I said, 2 to 3%. Yeah, it out. was amazing. And what I always go to, you know me, guys, it's the eye colors. Oh, yes. my Did goodness. Did you happen to notice the shine? It could have been a pitch dark scene, but just how the light was hitting her eyes, it was like piercing. Yeah, and then she has beautiful blue eyes. And the monster, the, the not the monster, oh, the machine. Yeah. Oh, my goodness, his eyes. That I mean... Well, tell him what the monster looks like. Yeah, it's... Uh, I mean, he's basically a machine, but with human-ish eyes, and then they they shine bright green, and that green, you feel like it's piercing your soul. Yes. But then when they are not shining, you can see what I assume are Stephen Lang's eyes, and they look so beautiful. Yes, like, the color is so rich. Say- it was kind of unique, the face of the robot, 
because it was close to Terminator-esque when they're not dawning anything, but it had a skeletal look too. And yes. you could see the high bone structure. Yes. So it was very cool looking when they went close up on this cyborg thing. Yeah, and there's one scene that without spoiling it, you can see a transformation of someone's face from being machine-like to human. I don't think I have ever seen one scene like that so flawlessly done. Mm-hmm. And it, really it, it looked beautiful. I didn't know where to look at in this movie because everything was beautiful to look at. Everything. Leading into the audio, I want to stick with the robot just for a second because every movement he made, it felt real. Yeah. When it stomped, you felt it. The bass punched. When gears are moving and arms are moving, you heard it. Like it was a robot. This thing was a robot and it felt it, it looked it, and it worked. Yeah. And going to to the, the movements also on the robot, like that guy, every time he stepped, I mean, you knew he was coming and then he stepped on the ground and then all the place was shaking, like right. everything rumbled. Now, along with the tank cities, you get tons of rumbling vibration with them. And funnily enough, Phantom, a lot of times it got the loudest when it was coming to a stop. Yeah. which I thought was neat. Like when the gears were winding down, it got ultra low and and like started vibrating the walls yeah, and shaking it, pictures and stuff. Yeah, it, it felt so, like it, it felt so real. Like you right. felt part of that. And the, I mean, I'm assuming this has Atmos because oh, yeah. everything was coming from everywhere. There were surrounds all the time yes like oh my goodness i am gonna make another case phantom i still would like more overheads they were here a lot of environment overheads yes not when planes were flying is when you wanted to hear them they would do the aftermath of like the wind up there but not the loud room yeah overhead but the surrounds are in constant motion yeah i i did feel like in some scenes i did hear things coming at me from above my head but yeah i mean there could have been more definitely yeah i'm a proponent you can never have enough at most i know yeah because most movies just don't utilize it good enough in my opinion yeah that's it true. needs to be more apparent and not just the environment yes you want the environment wind things over your head rain stuff that should be a given mm-hmm. i want it when something's falling down i want it apparent so they need to drop the surrounds and fronts and centers a little bit when this happens so like you would go up and like move your hand up i have yet except one movie done that a scene like that where i actually looked up and thought something was over my head yeah yeah that is true and i i would like also to talk about the voices like at the beginning of the movie like i love that universal does this and it's they always do that lately like when they show their logo they always do something with the logo and uh, this was no exception but then at the same time that that is going on there is a voice narrating what, like the backstory that you need. And that voice sounds, it's, it's like it's all around you. I will say, Lady Phantom, I thought there was a 
little overuse of modulation of voices here. It just seemed like every character needed some modulation. <laughs> well, I, I don't know. I didn't catch that, but I did like that first narrating voice. Yeah, it was super modulated, but it, it was like menacing. Like it, it, it's, it was not just telling you what happened, but it was like, oh my God. Blah, blah. <laughs> and I love that because it gives you the tone of the movie. And I thought it fit and I really right. liked it. Dialogue strong, even during action scenes. At all times. miss a word here. Ah, great. <laughs> yeah. Phenomenal. Yes. I think everybody knows where we're going to be coming in here. I hope. Because we haven't covered many of these, actually. But what <laughs> special features we got on this disc? All right. The special features are, as far as I understand, both in the 4K and in the Blu-ray. And it's basically Welcome to London. In this five-part behind-the-scenes look, filmmakers reveal the secrets behind the ambitious undertaking of putting an entire city on wheels. So it has sub-themes, End of the Ancients, character series in the air and more okay one thing i forgot and i'm not gonna say what happened but it was like if you want to demo your system go to this scene when this contraption finally gets built this technology and it fires you want to show off what a tv can do with visuals and, and sound at the same time what a scene to showcase all right this is a plus this is totally you need to buy it right now you cannot even worry about phantom just stop and buy this movie right <laughs> it's an a plus this is only the fourth a plus that we have rated i'm gonna assuming are you coming a plus the phantom agrees absolutely this yeah. movie is wonderful like as in a in a 4k situation like it's incredible there is tons of reference quality material i mean all the way through you yeah. can pick out some like standout standout above and beyond scenes like the one i just mentioned that happens all throughout this movie yeah but just the picture in a whole even when they're just doing dialogue and panning the room and you're seeing all these contraptions and gears and people and stuff around yeah that scene i, I definitely definitely it stands out because the colors are incredible you have all the white color gamut right there all the HDR, the sound is amazing. I mean, it's it's fantastic. Yes. So that makes our fourth only A+. But don't let that fret there. On that sidebar, if it's A, A-. That is still absolutely demo reference worthy. This one just never stopped. And it deserves an A+. It's the best of the best. It is just top tier vibrant all the way through it runs every gamut that a 4k tv system sound can produce an a plus finally lady phantom it's uh, been a long time i know i heard about this movie in some other videos and i was a little bit uh, like I didn't know if I wanted to truly believe it, but I'm thankful that it is it is incredible. Yes, buy this movie right now. This has been episode 65. 
I'm Bill Shetty. The co-host is Lady Phantom. And we'll catch you on the next Movies in 4K.